Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and joining me is a person on the other end of the line named Zach Mabry. Zach, what's going on? Oh, I'm just uh, glad to be thought of as still a person. Mm-hmm. Not having Twitter has uh, has really made it hard to feel like a person a lot of times. You can tweet us at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry, Z A C Mabry. He may or may not see your tweet. Email us podcast at RomanCircusBlog.com. Find us on iTunes. Rate and review us if you want. You can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Thanks for that segue, Zach. It worked out perfectly. You know, I, I try. I've uh I, I didn't give up Facebook and um We all kind of gave up Facebook a few years ago though, didn't we? That's what I'm telling you. Like I I went on to look for something and I was like, Facebook is terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's awful. And I have friends' parents who are still asking me for crops and things. How are they still playing this stuff? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was confused at first what you were saying. No, yeah. it's Facebook is like when you go and open the refrigerator and you're not hungry, you're just bored. Mm-hmm. That That is Facebook. Um, yeah, yeah. I, so it, yeah, I, um, Jake slash Dadanista, who, who has listened to the podcast before, so shout out if, you're listening now he made the comment like thinks he thinks of something clever realizes he deactivated twitter considers posting it to facebook besides never mind something something along those lines but yeah yeah, i mean it's like i don't man i don't know how that website continues um through the russian paid advertisements in the election Oh, isn't that just so funny? The so I mean, yes, like no one is denying that happened, but what the the big finding that they're talking about now is that most of the ad buy was after the election. Nice. And it was ads to try to polarize and divide people. So, um it worked. Yeah, clearly it worked. And it, you know, it's just funny cuz they're like, well, the, you know, the Russian uh, government and these various actors, um, or not actor, you know, bad actors, they, yeah. you know, tried to use the internet and media to mislead people. And you're like, oh, yeah, because if there's anyone misleading the American public, it's going to just be, you know, our own government. Ne- never allow it to be anyone else. But right. um, yeah, it, it's just funny considering that sometimes you forget that there's any purpose for, for, media and internet other than to mislead people so to to see everyone suddenly you know indignant like you know cnn and stuff like oh they're lying to people and you're like really you're you're cnn or your box i mean any tv channel like you're 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 now against uh, lying to the public too yeah we all use the internet to deceive like two guys can just have their own podcast and make people think they actually know about catholic stuff I know, I know. Sorry to to anyone listening to this, but you've been sold a bill of goods. Yeah, all our, all our hosting has been paid for by the Russians. Yes, we are. Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing. A hundred thousand dollars is what they were saying they spent, mm-hmm. and it's just like that must mean Facebook is quite powerful because if you look at the spending that goes into these elections, which are just, I mean, complete waste, but the millions and millions of dollars in advertisement and you could somehow flip the whole thing for a hundred thousand i'm not necessarily denying it because there was some weird stuff yeah. online. I, I remember just being really weirded out and you you have parents who are like you know don't don't talk to strangers or like don't you know don't meet weird people online when we were kids and now they're like look at this link you know hillary clinton invented aids according to www Hillary invented AIDS.tv, and you're like, what? Why would you believe this? Like, don't you know that 
most of what you see online is a lot. Uh, anyway, I, I just thought that was so strange. And then just a low dollar amount. That was the thing. I was like, yeah. I don't know. Do you? So I, I'm not denying it so much as I'm saying that's going to be an issue to figure out if you can, if $100,000 of money by Russians who, I mean, rarely even bother with article adjectives can actually convince people enough to, you know, do that. But it, I will say it, it, uh, it makes a good segue into our topic if, uh, if what we're saying about the 2016 uh, election and political aftermath was uh, Russia spreading its errors. Oh, I see what you me. did there. Yeah, but I'm not ready to stop talking about current events yet. Uh, okay, Did fine. you know the, Oscar, the Oscars is coming up, Matt? Sure. Are you going to watch it? I will do that thing where I record it and then just kind of fast forward through a bunch of it. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, last year we watched it because we all liked uh, La La Land. I just literally watched La La Land two hours ago for the first time. What'd you think? It was extremely adorable. I enjoyed it. I liked, yeah, I liked it. It was, it was fun and... It was adorable. That's the main, the main word, adorable, is what I think is the main word. Yeah. Well, and I think anyone watching it who's Catholic would know that they probably, well, spoiler alert, it's been a year, but I bet they would have ended up together had they not um, been living with each other prior to being married. Uh, notice that that was when they had their big fight. It was after they moved in, just saying. Yeah, but the thing that struck me was in the beginning – when Emma Stone uh, is wandering the streets of Los Angeles after she gets her car towed, she was wandering streets right by my apartment, and there was not a homeless person in sight in the movie, to which made me wonder, what did they do with the piles of homeless people lining the streets normally in order to film that movie? Well, one, it's 2018, and we call them urban outdoorsmen, uh, <laughs> but I'm sure they were, they were doing a dance number. Mm. I hate when I come visit you guys and people get out of their cars and start dancing on the highway. It is a, it is a thing that happens. That's, that is the only time we care about the homeless here is if we have to move them out of the way to film a potential Oscar winning movie. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, we, uh, we're offering you shelter because we don't need any more baritone homeless people for this scene <laughs> yeah. but we we do need another tenor so you're unfortunately gonna have to stay out here sir how's your falsetto uh, not good get yeah. out of here <laughs> um yeah and i also saw that jimmy kimmel will be hosting the oscars so it'll be it'll be neat to see how a white guy does at that job <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh the think pieces are being thought up right now and typed, know, typed furiously into the computer. I'm picturing him like crying about his health premiums like he does on his on his evening show, but it being worse because it's the, the Academy Awards. I mean, he's actually kind of funny. I, I always thought he had the funny gimmicks because he was the one that did that fake video of the girl uh, that falls over and oh, burns right. down her apartment yeah like he had some pretty funny gags yeah no i've i've always liked kimmel i yeah that's that's all i'll really say <laughs> is he still uh is, is he still romantically involved with uh sarah silverman no no he's married and has a couple of kids now really how yeah. long ago is that? <laughs> yeah, has it been a while yeah it's been a bit oh well that shows everyone how much I pay attention to these things. Uh, I did learn that back in like the Roman times, if they found out people were actors, they would literally scratch their names off of the list of the tribe. Like there was no lower profession. Nice. And I, I actually have a lot of respect for for acting as a career and the people that really you know devote themselves to it. But I don't love the way that we idolize and and just want to know every detail about various actors lives so somewhere in between the roman approach and uh you know the modern obsession might be a good good way to do it don't talk about our next president clooney that way 
President Clooney. Yeah. It's going to be President The Rock. Everyone knows this. I'm very excited for that. All right, let's get into let's get into today's topic. What do we got? So this topic was actually sent in by my brother Chris who it's nice to know even though he's legally obligated to listen to the podcast, he still slightly cares enough to send in a request for an episode. But he, I also checked the contract. He might be legally obligated to send in a request for an episode too. But I wish we could mention the name of his his book about about a moose, but he didn't send us the five dollars we asked for. And that's a different brother. That's Adam. Oh, Adam. Oh, you have two brothers. I have t- I have two brothers. Breaking news. Well, actually, now that makes so much more sense with like stories that you told. When I when I've referred to my brothers, <laughs> well, I just thought that was possessive, like my brothers, you know. Oh yeah, my brothers' uh, kidneys or something. I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. Now, if you want to check out some kids' books, um, Maury C. Moose and the Forest Noel, check that out. There's four books in the Maury C. Moose series right now. I have two of them. Nice. We'll work on we'll work on getting you the other two. Anyway, brother Chris, not the moose brother, other brother. He he wanted to know how does Mary, how does she get her all of her titles, and how does it work? You know, praying to each of the titles. Is that so? Like, why do we pray to Our Lady of Lords as opposed to Our Lady of Fatima as opposed to Our Lady of Guadalupe at certain times? So, yeah, we thought we'd talk about that first. I would. I'm going to ask you this question, Zach. I actually didn't ask you this before, so I don't mean to spring this on you, but I think you can handle it. Here we go. As Catholics, let's just clear something up. Do we pray to Mary? And if so, why do we pray to Mary? We do pray to Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard people render it, we pray with Mary. Okay. But I, I actually would consider that not completely correct. I would say we, we pray to Marys and we bring our petitions to her. We bring our prayers to her um, because we do not consider prayer to be intrinsically um worship there you go that's the that's the key word i was looking for and i knew i knew you could handle it so which one worship okay i was like was that intrinsically (laughs) um so right so actually the word worship you can split it into three different different things realistically so you have what's called latria which is um that's worship that you would think of as far as worship. So that's only offered to the three persons of the, of the, the Holy Trinity, the father, the son, and the Holy ghost. Um, and then the sort of at the bottom of these three things is called dulia, or you kind of think of veneration. So that's what you would, that's the sort of high esteem that we hold the saints in St. Peter, St. Paul. Right. I'm not going to list all of them, but okay. uh, the, <laughs> um, you know, that, but that's sort of the, the veneration, the, the high esteem that we do them as members of God's family and, and because of how God used them uh, in, in, in history. Saint, then, saints are God's perfections, basically. Yes, and each one is a manifestation of, of, one, of one of the perfections that God intends for humanity or God's mercy if they were just complete wretches mm-hmm. um which pretty much none of them were but they all had passed so then uh you have what's called hyperdulia which is just sort of like it's a step above dulia but it doesn't really become latria so you you have hyperdulia for mary because she's the 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 highest saint i mean you know she's the she's the well we'll get to it but believe it or not she's the mother of god um oh, she's yeah? uh you know, she has a unique role in all of of world history as far as how God uh, planned to save humanity, and so she gets special praise. And and the more that we learn about Christ, the more that that, that becomes clear about Mary. And uh, I I know that as a convert, um, 
there's like this initial weirdness to praying to Mary because within Protestantism, we, uh, you know, I understood prayer to be a form of worship and really kind of the highest form of worship mm-hmm. um, because there's not a concept of, of sacrifice being the high, being you know the highest form of worship. Um, there was really just prayer. So uh, it, you feel uncomfortable, like, oh, am I giving, you know, I need to make sure that somehow I'm, I'm making it explicitly clear that I love God, you know, level 10 and Mary only level two or something, you know, like you kind of are, you know, oh, I shouldn't say, you know, 10 Hail Marys and one Our Father when I pray the rosary, because then I'm like 10 times one-upping Mary and then only one time one-upping God. It, it doesn't work like that. Um, the the very fact that you know that she's a, a human person uh, means that you're not worshiping her as God. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, also you're never going to be able to uh, honor her uh, in a way that exceeds what God had the way that God honored her by choosing her to be his mother. Nothing that you, I mean, just nothing that you do is going to outdo that. So, you know, I think everything you're inbounds understanding that, you know, if you understand that she's a human person and, and what that means, then you're going to be fine. And it's not like, Oh, I need to make sure that, that I, you know, keep tabs on this. And I've, I've offered all these prayers to God, all of your prayers to Mary are then relayed to God. So you are praying to God, uh, you know, in a roundabout way when you pray to Mary, you know, it's not God, God, God gets the message. So, and, uh, uh, and being the mother of God, you know, if Jesus were obligated to listen to anybody, it would be his mother under the third commandment. Or wait, fourth commandment, sorry. Yeah. Wah, fourth wah. commandment. You Catholics. <laughs> um, we should do a whole episode on the third commandment, though, because that, that's totally forgotten. And I, I'm all, my mind's always blown when I, I learn things about the early church and even like the early 20th century church and the third commandment. So we'll get there. But, um, so yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, worship requires some sort of sacrifice too. Right. 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 And I mean, a lot of it comes down to, to understanding who's who. I mean, you know, God created, the universe god created man god created mary you know as long as you have your definitions clear then you're probably not going to run into any trouble um you know there's not like i I mean it's not like hyperdulia just blooms into latria and because it's too fervent like you you're clear that she's not god so you're not worshiping her as god i mean you know you don't really have to overcomplicate in that um so it's, you know, but you mentioned that the first title, I think the one to, to just go with right away, because I, I, it's awesome, is Mother of God. Sure. And so uh, you would kind of split up the different titles by where they come from. So, yeah, right. there's basically dogmatic titles, and then there's kind of early titles, there's there can be descriptive titles of Mary related to visual arts. Mm -hmm. There are devotional titles and Mm -hmm. there are titles associated with apparitions. So, yeah. So they're kind of broken up into categories. So the, the mother of God would be a dogmatic title because I mean, it speaks for itself why it's dogmatic. Right. And I mean, historically, it's dogmatic because it was it was defined as dogma uh, at the Council of Ephesus in the year 431. Defined, defined um, as dogma when the angel came down and said, you're going to bear a son? Well, right. <laughs> Just defined as dogma doesn't mean it became true that day. Right, right, right. So yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, I always point out that you know the the text of the Hail Mary, you know, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. You know that that uh, 
I mean, we know that comes right out of the words that Gabriel said to Mary, and we know that because it's recorded in Scripture. Um, so whenever anyone's like, oh, the priest in confession gave me just one Hail Mary as my penance, I'm always like, well, you know, it took one Hail Mary uh, to turn Mary into the mother of God, the first one. So, you know, we won't poo-poo one Hail Mary. Um, you know, that's all it took to, to start the whole thing. So, mm. but yeah, um, it's really important. And the mother of God title is oddly, um, it's oddly controversial with some in some circles. I don't know if you've run into that, like with any, uh, if you have any Protestant friends, or I guess you'd have to have friends. But, yeah. Um, I, uh, no, well, so I have, you know, had many conversations, many, not many, but like little conversations about like, well, why, why do Catholics care about Mary so much that, and something that in that vein, you know? Yeah. And honestly, it, instead of saying much, I just say, Oh, you mean the, you mean the mother of Christ? Like, just say that, like, that's my, that's usually the opener because then you can usually tell with, from that where, like, where they go from that, you can kind of tell whether or not this is going to be an actual conversation or just kind of a, how do I get out of this as quickly as possible? This isn't a serious person conversation. Right. Well, and that's honestly the, the, the fight over that resulted in Mary being, you know, defined as the mother of God. Uh, the, the alternative though was to call her the mother of Christ. Um, and not that it's incorrect to call her mother of Christ, but it's not, uh, it's not completely correct. And the, the, the feedback I get and kind of the pushback is, well, you know, she, yes, she, um, gave birth to his physical body, but, Right. She's not the mother of God. And, you know, some of that's misunderstanding. So she's, yeah, she's not the mother of the Holy Trinity. And, you know, the 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 second person of the Holy Trinity, the Son, didn't come into existence uh, in Mary's womb. Right. Yes, like that, of course, that's not what it's saying. But it's saying that, um, that Jesus has a divine nature and a human nature, but he's one person. So he's one divine who, person. Yes. Not a human person. So he's one who with two what's. And his what's are, you know, he's divine and he's human in his nature, but he's one person. And it it was in his person that he was born of Mary. Um, If we were to say that it was just his body that that Mary's the mother of, or just his body that was born of Mary, then we would be necessarily saying that it was just his body nailed to the cross and not God, you know, that God didn't die on the cross, that God's body died on the cross. Right. So we, whatever we want to say about the circumstances of his birth and how his physical birth relates to his person necessarily applies to his death. And so, you know, that's the issue is that if if he's not born of Mary and if Mary's not mother of God, then then he didn't die on the cross and we're not saved. Um, right. He was, it was just another, it was just another fleshy human body that was nailed to a cross that had no repercussions afterwards. Right. Um, yeah. Or, you know, he was some kind of weird hologram. I mean, there's weird, (laughs) there's a lot of errors, but the purpose of him being mother of God, of her being mother of God is actually just completely centered on Christ and who he was and, and what he was. Um, and, and that the, the consequence of that, the logical corollary is Mary being mother of God. And mm-hmm. and that's what you see with a lot of these, um, titles is that they're, they're not, they're not initially about Mary, but they, they reveal Mary. So that's where we start to, to understand throughout time who she is. Uh, by understanding who her son is and different things, so it's um, that's they weren't there to debate the status of Mary's divine maternity so much as they were there to debate the nature and person of Christ. Yeah, uh, and that leads to like the term uh, Theotokos, right? God bearer comes out of the same time period with Nestorianism. Um, his argument was that she sh- uh, she should be called the uh, the Christokos, the bearer of Christ. 
Uh, and it's not that that's not true, but it's not all the way. It's not fully it's not correct. Complete, but, yeah. Right. So that's where you get Theotokos. And you see that a lot more because it sounds Eastern and people think it's cool. And I mean, it is cool, so I, I don't fault them for that. But, it, you know, that's uh, along the same lines as Mother of God is this term Theotokos. Um, and so, yeah, by by God choosing to make her the Mother of God, uh, he definitely paid her a bigger honor than, than we're ever going to be able to to do so you know i wouldn't fret too much about about loving mary too much <laughs> yeah right yeah so the yeah that like you said the dogmatic titles kind of reveal things how did you phrase it they don't reveal things about mary as much as the circumstances surrounding her is that what you said I... well they they reveal truth about christ and then they sort of um in doing that is how we learn them about Mary. So I don't, uh, without the ability to do a replay, I can't remember exactly yeah. how I said it a minute ago. But yeah, I mean, essentially they they weren't there to debate what are we going to call her. They were there to debate the 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 relationship of Christ's divinity and humanity, um, and it was because uh, he was one divine person who had both a human nature and a divine nature that you know he was born of Mary and she was the mother of God. The other argument was that he had he was two persons. He was a divine person and a human person with the divine nature and a human nature. Um, That's heresy, Zach. Yes, that is heresy and that was um propagated by Nestorius the uh uh the bishop of Constantinople. Right. So he got smacked down. Good. So as yeah. as all heretics should. Okay. So we have those are dogmatic. Yeah, they so anything I guess dogmatically yeah. defined comes from those titles. Yes, yeah, so, so perpetual virgin is one. Immaculate conception and assumption. Yes. And as as people uh you know, we always have to remind people because the language is always totally confused in, in like media. People who should know better, of course, the immaculate conception is the conception of Mary, which which took place through the normal process involving her parents. But at the moment of her conception, she was spared from original sin. Right. Um, and then virgin birth refers to the process where. Uh, Jesus was born of Mary, but that she remained a virgin. Uh, she was a virgin before, during, and after um, that birth. And so um, that gets attacked a lot, the perpetual virginity. Um, some of it's people who are confused, you know, through a misreading of Scripture, they'll hear, oh, she, you know, Jesus' brothers and sisters, Mary had these other children. Um, but no, I mean, she was fully devoted to our Lord and his mission, and, yeah. and after carrying God within her. You know, we talk about the Holy Land as this part of the world where Jesus, you know, walked, uh, you know, with his cross. Well, you know, he dwelled within within her womb for nine months. So that, what, how holy must that be? That, that never had, it never, it wasn't ever, um, that was its, that, you know, for, it's kind of, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this, but, but the one inhabitant of, of Mary's womb was, was our Lord. She did not have other children. Yeah. Um, but There's also, also a gets... mix-up sometimes because there was no word for cousin, so cousin didn't translate into one of the original languages in the Bible. That's why it is so confusing because even though they talk about cousins, they didn't have a direct translation for the word cousin. Yes. And some people will also say that they think that there's that uh, St. Joseph had children from a former marriage. I actually don't believe that, but uh, mm. I have heard that proposed, but I've, I've certainly, yeah, we, certainly with what you've said is the most likely thing is, is that it's the, the word for cousin. I mean, it's not brother. It, it's not ever used in the strict sense that, that means siblings. And so, uh, right. You know, that's good, but you see that attacked also in movies. So, you know, understanding that the two things, the, the perpetual virginity and then also the immaculate conception, um, you know, it's it's clear in Scripture that the the pains of childbirth are 
are a result of the fall of man and original sin. Right. Um, and also it's, it's from uh, the prophet Isaiah. It speaks of, you know, uh, the, you know, the mother brings forth the child and, and there's not pain in the delivery, but there's pain after. So between just, you know, the, the understanding of why there's pain in childbirth and then the prophecy there, there, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't a birth like a, like a normal birth. It was a miraculous thing. Like light passing through a window, Zach. Yes. That's how it's always phrased, which is just neat. Uh Um, you know, uh, but in movies you'll see, I mean, it's just filthy. There'll be, you know, St. Joseph just standing there, like he's going to catch a football and then there's like blood. I mean, it's, it's, it's disgusting. And and it's denying these two. St. Joseph wouldn't even have been in the same room actually. Well, right, and that's the thing that that you know is worth pondering. And I I can't. I think it was one of our friends that put that to me the first time, and I realized, oh, right, he wouldn't have been, yeah, in in a situation like that because, yeah, you know, I mean, it, right, just because he, out of respect for her dignity and basically the oath that they both took to protect each other or not to protect each other, but to protect her and to remain, you know, chaste, he wouldn't have been in that circumstance. Right. I mean, there's, there's different, uh, explanations of that, like that he was in a state of ecstasy, um, which some of the mystics will say. And then I've also, you know, that he just is outside of the cave. Uh Um, but right. I mean, it's, so the, these movies where there's, you know, they're like, you know, cleaning our Lord off after his, I mean, that's, that's vulgar and that's not what, how it happened. And all of that does is sort of, um, it takes away a lot of the sacredness of the Christmas story. And it's also not true. I mean, you want to be true to, to how this happened in history and how it Look happened. Look at him. He's, he's just like us, Zach. Right. He's just he, like us. Yeah. And it's. You know, if you read, and we'll we'll get more into this because when we do our episode on Joseph, um, but you know, Mary and Joseph were very devout. Uh, I mean, I guess Christians, you could say. I mean, there wasn't the, that word yet, but you know, they right. loved God and they anxiously awaited his arrival, where they could gaze upon him. And the first thing that they did after he arrived was worshipped him. It wasn't like they, you know threw him over his shoulder and rinsed off the amniotic flu. I mean, that's yeah. not, so, you know, and I mean, I, it's a weird kind of American thing, I think, to to make his birth, you know, just your typical outdoor birth. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, but that, that, that's where these things are important. So the perpetual virginity, so that, you know, again, the, the birth was miraculous, and then um, immaculate conception, it, it would be painless because she, she didn't have original sin. In, in most cases, she didn't, uh, you know, act on any of her special privileges, but this is one she couldn't just, you know, I mean, she didn't, uh, when she had to go in and be purified as the ritual in the purification, which we celebrate on February 2nd, and she didn't have to do that, but right. she did out of obedience. Well, she can't just decide to experience, you know, labor pains. And so that's where you, know, you, you couldn't you couldn't apply this to her, um, right. and it's also clear that she experiences her pain at the birth of the church and at, at the crucifixion where she stands there. That's her pain, and that's what Isaiah talks about that she does have her pain, but after after she has brought forth the child. So um, that's what you know, those are, that's what she's told in the temple too. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's the thing she knew. She knew pretty much the whole time is um, what was going to transpire, and I always have to think you know, how much did she know um, as far as specifics. So you know, when they lose when when they lose him in the temple, did she think maybe it's today? I, I don't know. I, the theologian could probably right. Well, him. that's what. So I actually was talking with our pal Bug about this once because I. You know, if Mary Mary's always in control of her emotions, mm-hmm. and but then when you think about the uh, when he's the young young Jesus is in the the temple and they go off without him and they leave him behind, 
you, just to think about the idea of what her emotional state would have been like, because she wouldn't have, obviously she wouldn't have been like disorderly panicked, but there would have been some sort of, some sort of urgency there. And it basically what bug said is that same thing was if you, the panic would have been that you're basically, you're told everyone's going to be out to get him. Is this the time? Is this the, the moment that he's gotten basically, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So, I mean, sorrow is not an emotion and that's where, you know, you kind of think that it's considered the losing the child. Jesus is considered one of her seven sorrows. Mm -hmm. Um, to very quickly without delving too far into this. So when, when you talk about her emotions, the way that we understand that is that emotions are a passion. Right. They're something that's experienced in the body. And prior to the fall of man, you had this sort of harmony where, um, the, you had God and then you had Adam and Adam's soul and Adam's soul was, uh, was under the authority of God and Adam's body was under the authority of his soul and the rest of nature was under the authority of Adam's body and original sin knocks all this out of place. Sure. So not only is his soul not perfectly under God, but now his body is not perfectly under his soul. So the emotions no are just longer, going crazy, right? No longer and, and never again for any human, uh, except for one, um, are the, the body's uh, passions and emotions perfectly in accord with reason and the soul. So that has everything from overeating to to having emotions out of whack or, mm -hmm. um, you know, those things. So that's what we're saying. Because she um, was preserved from original sin, all of her emotions and, and all of her faculties were, uh, were under the authority ordered. of her soul. Yes, so she would never experience an emotion that wasn't reasonable to experience. Um, and, and there would have never been um, just this, like, you know, this wave of up and down. Everything would have been perfectly, you know, uh, perfectly perfect, as it would have been for all of us uh, were it not for Adam and Eve's sin. So um, just quickly on that, because I don't know that that's always clear to people. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. The, the harmony between uh, God, the soul, the body, and and nature, uh, I think, is a Saint Augustine thing. But um, you know, who knows? Uh, so yeah, um, the dogmatic titles are are neat because they do typically correspond to a pronouncement, either a, a council. Um, or a declaration by a pope. And, I mean, a council only has its sort of dogmatic force if it's uh, ratified by a pope. So, it, it, you know, there's, there's always a pope uh, to be mentioned whenever um, she's declared, whenever a dogmatic title occurs. So those are neat. Mm -hmm. those, are, those are neat. Cool things, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so then we have the, let's go to devotional titles. Devotional titles are, they're Immaculate Heart of Mary, Mother of Christ, Mother of Sorrows. I mean, obviously these are not all, like, there's a lot more, but, you know, Our Lady of Charity, Ark of the Covenant, which is a pretty great one. Yeah. So these, um... Uh, primarily, these come from the litany of Laredo. Mm -hmm. Right. And we could pretty much do a full episode on any one title from that, you know, uh, Seat of Wisdom, all those things. Um, but, you know, each one relates to um, an aspect of of the gospel, of God's plan, and how Mary participates in it and so you know ark of the covenant well you know the the she's the, the old new testament ark. right um and you know the ark was assumed into heaven so uh yeah she's the the new ark of the covenant that's always the joke i think it, it may have been wilkes space jesuit that tweeted at one point is you know joseph is welcoming someone into their home and he's like okay this is my wife the ark of the new covenant and 
this is my son, the Divine Logos, and uh, myself, I'm a pretty good carpenter. Need a chair built? <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah. you know, there's uh, each one of those titles, it, it reveals a uh, perfection. And that's the other thing, is that because she was without sin, but she was a human person, she had within her all of all of the human perfections. Right. Uh, you know, we can't match her in that, but all of the all of the the attributes of her of her character, of her soul, um, are things that we can strive for because they're all human things. You know, we 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 can't necessarily do that with certain aspects of our Lord because you know He was God. Um, but you know, with Mary, we see what's what's possible before the fall of man, and so. Um, you know, on 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 choosing to to refer to her under one of those titles, it's sort of what are we searching for in that moment? So, you know, Queen of Peace, I think, is one of them. Well, you know, you would pray to the Queen of Peace when you want peace, right? right. Uh, so it it sort of you know has has that aspect to it, and then as you mentioned with sorrows, Our Lady of Sorrows is is one that, that I have a particular devotion to. Um, you know, that's the title given to Mary uh, when she's standing there at the foot of the cross with our Lord. Um, you know, this was her great pain that she experienced and the sorrow, you know, it's not, it's unfathomable because, you know, nobody else was themselves perfect and had a perfect son and, and knew in every sense, you know, the importance of her son's plan. She never protested her son's plan or, or regretted it or you know, anything. She, she conformed to it, but the, the profound sense of sorrow at watching it all unfold and being separated from him. And, and what we know from tradition too, is that when he revealed to her how this was going to go down, she didn't say, you know, no, don't do it or blah, blah, blah. Her, her only request was, that that she be permitted to die on the cross next to him, mm-hmm. um, you know, which was not God's plan. But you know, that's how much you know she did not hold back even her son from from us for our salvation. Um, but the the sorrow at watching that unfold and watching him suffer. There's you know that scene from the Passion of the Christ, the Mel Gibson movie, where where he falls and then she has a flashback to him falling as a. Um, as a child, right. That's, that scene gives me, uh, my allergies really act up <laughs> even just kind of thinking about that scene. But, uh, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's definitely a mystery because it, at no point did she ever falter in her, her commitment to the plan, so to speak, but, but she had to watch all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, so basically we would, we would, uh, before every football game in high school, we would always end the prayer with Our Lady Queen of Victory, pray for us because we wanted to go out there and be victorious. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, you can really pick out all these different titles from the Litany of Laredo and, uh, and, and, you know, enhance your prayer life with them and, and, you know, contemplate them and start to sort of see into the the truth. Oh, I will mention, you know, one thing that, that it just is worth mentioning and, and people should can keep this in mind as far as prayer and reparation is that um, there was a country in Europe last year um, towards the end of October around the 500th anniversary of, of the advent of Protestantism uh, issued an official postal stamp showing our Lord on the cross and, and in the place of Our Lady of Sorrows, um, where where Mary stood, you know, watching her own son um, as he as he died, uh, they 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 boot, booted her off, and in her place put uh, Father Martin Luther, yeah, the man who split Christianity in two million pieces. And so, uh, it's it's always just sad to think about, and I always just want to give everyone the news so they can pray for uh, you know reparation for that because you know it was circulated in official mail and everything. Um, you know, and Europe being the sort of seat of Christianity for, you know, 
2,000 years now. So just thought I'd mention that, um, that the, the enmity between between the devil and, and Our Lady grows stronger and, and people will find themselves unwittingly playing a part of that uh, in all sorts of ways. So thought I'd mention that. Titles associated with apparitions. So, Ooh. yeah, so, you know, Lords Fatima, Guadalupe, Mount Carmel, just to name a few. Yeah, and these kind of double as devotion, because, you know, the right. rosary, well, what we know um, is that Our Lady gave the rosary to St. Dominic uh, and taught him the 15 mysteries. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and then similarly, you know, that was Our Lady of the Rosary. And then Our Lady of um, Mount Carmel, she gave the scapular to St. Simon Stock. Um, and so, but those are also devotions, you know, wearing your scapular, praying your, especially praying your rosary. Right. Um, so it's, but yeah, those actually tie back to a historical event similar to, to uh, the apparitions at Lourdes. Um, right. That, yeah. So that's why you can pray to Our Lady of Lords for for healing or you could you know you could pray uh, to Our Lady of Fatima maybe if you want to see Russia consecrated at some point maybe I don't know yes I mean Fatima so Our Lady of Fatima the the the, the phrase that I always like that has been said to me is you know she wasn't uh, she wasn't bored in heaven wondering what the weather was like in Portugal when she came down and, and told us that, you know, if we would pray the rosary, there would be world peace. Um, you know, she came down to warn us. And then obviously, uh, you know, that, that apparition concluded with the miracle of the sun. So it's, it's interesting on this point because we know that the church doesn't bind us to believe apparitions, but when the church says that there's an apparition that's worthy of belief, you know, we should we should take note. Mm-hmm. Um, the miracle of the sun is a historical event. I yeah. mean, it, it was reported in the Masonic newspaper in Portugal, and it had over seventy thousand witnesses. Yeah, you can so, look at you can look at pictures of people. There's every yeah. There's actual documented evidence of it. Right, and so uh, yes, of course. There's no. Um, there's no penalty for not believing in apparition, but uh, denying a historical event uh, is sort of, I mean, you know, you can say that the Titanic didn't sink, and I guess the church doesn't require that you believe that the Titanic sank, but it actually, uh, it did sink. <laughs> and it's similar to, I mean, that's the thing about the miracle of the sun is there's, it's completely unprecedented. There has never been a miracle on that scale since the time of scripture, Um and it just makes Fatima all the more fascinating to uh, to dig into because, yes, you're not required to believe an apparition that's deemed worthy of belief, but uh, it's, you know, hard to conform with logic if you don't believe widely reported uh, indisputable historical events. So that one's interesting. Um, Our Lady of Revelation is less well-known, but... Uh, very fascinating apparition that occurred in Italy, and um, it was a it was actually to a Protestant who who hated. I mean, just specific. I mean, Protestants in general aren't aren't they don't hate Mary, you know, as, at least any of the ones I know. But he, this man, did Bruno, and uh, and she appeared to him, uh, and first she smacked him around a little bit. And said, must, you I was going to say that must have been an awkward conversation. Yeah, I always think, you know, imagine, I always think a lot of people's first meetings with Mary are sort of awkward. I mean, we we do know that it's, you know, even if, you know, even if the only sins that were ever committed were my personal sins, there would still have to have been a uh, crucifixion. So I, I'm i sure my, if I meet Our Lady, it will be awkward or, you know, if you, you know, made structural changes to a prayer she wrote herself or something, I don't know. Um, but, uh yeah, so that one's interesting, and it sort of ties into Fatima, and there was there were a lot of miracles associated with that, and um, so that's a neat one. Lourdes, of course, um, very powerful. You can visit it in France. You can get in the, you can take a dip in the water. 
I've seen a Lord's hand lotion at, at gift shops. Nice. I don't recommend, I don't recommend it. I, was, I mean, maybe, I don't know. It just seems odd. They take water from the spring and then make it into hand lotion. I mean, I, I'm sure it's good lotion. It, <laughs> it's not magic. You know, don't be superstitious, yeah. but, uh, um, yeah. So yeah, you're right with these apparitions. It all is basically a devotion attached. Cause there's like a, the miraculous metal, a lady of the miraculous metal. And, uh, yeah, so there's, it's, uh, I guess it's just like a, almost a sub, 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 how do you say that word? Sub genre, sub genre, sub genre of devotions. Yes. And you know, and again, it's funny because all of the apparitions are, are trying to point us back to Christ and they don't add to revelation. So she never comes down and says, okay, I have a new book for the Bible. It's right. going to be really good. Um, <laughs> it, it's always stuff that we should know. Yeah. But what we clearly don't. I mean, it, it's always very timely. You know, Fatima especially. Um, the message is very uh, pertinent. Um, hey, hey, consecrate Russia and everything will be great. I know. It's funny because like when she was here before her assumption and when she's come back in her apparitions, even some of the most devout holy people have, have, have sort of paid her no mind. And that one is so interesting, uh, how easy mm-hmm. it would have been to quickly implement that plan to consecrate Russia. And, and then there'd be a conversion. I guess they'd come out of orthodoxy and inter-Catholicism. Um, or, or as some, you know, they would, they would leave, they'd go from schism to Catholicism. Yeah. Uh, and, but, you know, it's it, prophecies and things like that are only, are meant to only make sense in their fulfillment. Um, now, and, and the other thing with apparitions is because people love them so much, sometimes uh, people chase them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's something to be, careful if there's like a sketchy apparition um that has not been approved by the church or uh, an apparition like Medjugorje that's been at three different times shot down by the relevant authority um you know i, I don't recommend invoking mary under that title uh i mean obviously Medjugorje being the one that comes to mind but there's other um made up apparitions i just can't remember what they're called uh, but that it's like Bayside is one. We'll 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 do a false apparitions episode. Oh yeah, uh, we'll but, do that. That's going to be the one to really put us over the top. Yeah, we'll make a lot of friends by shooting down Medjugorje. I, I imagine we'll get an angry phone call from the person who owns the four star um, Magnificat Hotel that you have to stay at when you go to Bosnia to see that one. So yeah, Roman Circus podcast killed their their. Uh, gravy train <laughs> oh man it's gonna be good gonna be good okay so dogmatic devotional apparitions um some of these we'll be talking about in our mini episodes like uh you know we'll talk about the scapular at some point or the miraculous metal mm-hmm. so we're we're keeping it high level because we could never do more than scratch the surface in just an hour but uh there's a lot to Mary, and it's it's rarely. I mean, it always points back to God because that's all she wants to do. Yeah. So it doesn't. So would you say that the invoking a different title changes the prayer, or just kind of it's the same prayer, but you're acknowledging something that Mary has been involved with or in the past, basically. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it, so the prayer, the prayer doesn't necessarily change if you're praying to Our Lady of Guadalupe or Our Lady of Fatima, because it's still through Mary. But it 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 just kind of depends. It's more geared yeah. towards the 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 thing associated with that title. Yeah. So an example, Our Lady of Sorrows. Uh, one of the the fruits of devotion to Our Lady of Sorrows is that that. Our la- uh, under that title, Our Lady will help you to recognize your predominant fault. You know, whether it be pride or right. lust or, or theft or something. Um, so I, I, I imagine 
that were you to be praying to Our Lady of, um, you know, Our Lady Undoer of Knots, and you were to ask for your predominant fault, she's not mm-hmm. going to be, you know, you know, hands on ears, can't hear you, can't hear you. Yeah. You know, Simon didn't say. So it's not like that. You know, but um, all of those things, all those different titles and things were specifically revealed, um, not out of boredom. So they're, they're worth studying and learning, but a lot of it, they open our eyes and they help us know what, what all we can ask for as far as graces. And, um, so they, they bear fruit, but it is, it is always still Mary and she will always take our prayers straight to her son. So I I don't know if that's like not answering the question, but it's, that's kind of how it works that. That answers it. All right, so I, I know that we talked all about Mary, but I think you have a different saint of the week to be our actual saint of the week. Oh, I do. That's Thank you for that. This is Saint Polycarp. Are you familiar with Saint Polycarp, feast day February 23rd? Um, I, I haven't spoken with him recently. Um, but I, I do know that he's a very ancient saint. Yes. yes like he, disciple of St. John, John the beloved. Yes. yes. You win. So he father, father, Jim, uh, father, Jim Goins, who brought me to the church. If you're listening, I learned something. Yeah. So Go on. <laughs> all the hair, I mean, heresies kind of have been around for, for a long time, but a lot of the heresies started springing up once the apostles were gone because you know once the main once the main dudes were were gone then you can kind of get hearsay and you can kind of have it's like a game of telephone basically mm-hmm. but you have polycarp here who was a bishop of smyrna s m y r n a smyrna 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 sure so he he basically had, you know, he was the disciple of John, so it was this was kind of his area of trying to combat these heresies. And when he was faced with a heresy, he was, came across Marcionite, which is a dualistic heresy, which we will talk more about on our heresy episode. He is could, that the like good god, good bad god thing? Or you know, we'll get to dualism. It's or dualistic. Yeah, it's it's part it's like a version of Gnosticism. Ugh, Gnosticism, we talk we we'll get to our Gnostic episode. Gnosticism is is it pervades all two thousand years of, of the church's history. Sure. Yeah, so it it's uh when he was faced with Marcionism with by a Marcionite he confronted Polycarp and demanded respect by saying, recognize us, Polycarp. And Polycarp responded, I recognize you, yes. I recognize the son of Satan. So he uh, really big-timed him there. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to use that at work tomorrow. No, yeah. I'm not, but... He faced... I recognize you. I recognize you as the son of Satan. That's great because you know I I do think that um, yeah sometimes people don't want to acknowledge others who they disagree with or people who are wrong and I just think it's really good to be able to look at someone and be like I know what you are yeah so I I know what you are and you are Satan he he had the honor of being bound and burned at the stake and then. Uh, plot twist the fire failed to touch him touch him so he was just stabbed a bunch <laughs> that's how that's how he went wow i know i'm okay you hear about these miraculous like didn't die saints who right. then get martyred again and i'm always like um you know as much as as i would I would prefer that if if a miracle were to come my way, it would it would please not be having to be martyred twice. Yeah. Like if 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 it's God's will that I be a martyr, can it also be His will that I be quickly martyred? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, what that, that'd be trouble. I've been listen. I listened to a four hour podcast on uh, medieval 
like torture and the death penalty basically mm-hmm. years ago and it was not due to any miracle or any sainthood but a lot of public executions were misfires to where they were like you know they if they were beheading them it would take multiple multiple swings to behead someone or hangings wouldn't go right it sounded very messy but yeah if they if you are going to burn someone and you essentially light everything around them on fire but they're just inside and the fire isn't touching them it's got to be very confusing yeah i wouldn't i i'd be confused yeah all right well that's the that's a good note to end on Yes, it is. Um, we didn't talk about the Olympics because who cares about the Olympics? Nah, we can uh, talk about that next week. Sure, we can. <laughs> but until then, uh, tweet Matt and tweet our podcast at Roman Circus Pod. And if you tweet me, I won't see it. So uh, don't waste your time. That's as good a message as any, I think. I shouldn't be allowed to do the sign-off, Matt. You, you sign us <laughs> off. Tell the people goodbye. Goodbye.